glad to be here with you today. I'm so glad to be here. Okay, welcome to the Dissident Daughters podcast. I can't believe we're actually doing this. I know, it's about time. I'm excited. I'm excited too. It'll be good. And I'm also really stressed out. Yeah. it's For some reason. It's new. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want to sound like a total idiot. But, um, so, we are going to just introduce ourselves today. And just kind of talk about why we're here and what we're doing. Right, right. right. So we are going to be doing a 10-part series, basically discussing all things Mormonism and our lives. Mm -hmm. Yes, leaving a toxic... Yes. What do they call it? High demand. High demand, that's the word. Toxic, high demand religion. Yes. Yes. And just our whole journey is about that. right? Right, yes. So we decided to call our podcast the Dissident Daughters Podcast. Right. And I looked up the the definition for dissident, and it's a person who actively challenges an established political or religious system, doctrine, belief, policy, or institution. And that just feels like that describes us. (laughs) Well, especially you. You've been very outspoken on Facebook. You've been passionate about things that have really, that you care about, like the LGBTQ community. Yeah. um, And the mistreatment there. So. You're, you're more vocal about it. I, I aspire to be. <laughs> like you. <me. laughs> like you. Yes. <laughs> but we're both. I'm still a little scared. We're both rebellious. Yes, we definitely are rebellious. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. It's not like people don't know that we're out. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I think we both have um, pretty interesting stories and backgrounds. and But also... Maybe not that unique, right? Because I think I don't a think lot so. of people. If you're have a Mormon the exact same. in Utah, then yeah. we probably have a ton in common. Yeah. Yeah. We're staying anonymous for right now. Mm-hmm. We're not going to use our real names, partly because we have families still in the church. Very active. That are very active. And we don't, we, we want to be of, con- we want to be sensitive. Yeah. But we also want to share our stories. So right. This is the way we've decided to do it. Right. right. Yes. Okay. So, um, we've come up with kind of a list of topics that we want to cover, but those might change over time. I don't know if we change our minds, (laughs) but we do have so much to talk to you about. So we wanted to kind of start out by introducing ourselves without our real names. (laughs) So, um, I'm going to have you introduce yourself first. Okay. So I was born to parents that loved, loved each other, right? They're married in the temple, super active, um, I'm the oldest of four. Uh, so I automatically had like that a personality. I wanted to be a pleaser, all of that good stuff. But okay. So in my family, we had family home evening every week. We did scripture study and family prayer every day. Yeah. You guys like, were we, super devoted. We attended it. Yes. And my parents always held the big callings. Like my dad was always in the bishopric or in some kind of presidency. My mom was always in some kind of presidency. Mm-hmm. When I was in young women's, she was young women's president. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of pressure to please, which is you, you want to do and check off all the boxes. There was the for strength, uh, for the strength of youth pamphlet. Oh gosh, yes. Oh. Way messed me up. I mean, yeah. I tried to do that to a T, right? To talk about it. Yes. I swear I'm going to break so out. bad. I know. Yeah. Sweat. 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 Um, I really, I liked boys. When I hit junior high, I liked boys, and boys liked me. Mm-hmm. And so by high school, I'd had a couple of serious boyfriends, and we did That's all... That's different for me, because I really liked boys, but no, no. boys liked me. <laughs> There's some trauma around right, it, too. we'll right. get to it. 
<laughs> so oh, I had a I had one steady boyfriend, and we got into all sorts of trouble. Um, and that and I did all the things you're supposed to do. I went to the bishop and confessed and was told I was read a scripture something about I don't know next to murder. That's oh, what God. sticks with me. Yeah. And I hadn't even had sex. That I wasn't even sex. It was just like normal teenage behavior mm-hmm. with a boyfriend I'd been with for a year. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I probably used that word. Next to murder. Next to right. Murder. So that was really traumatizing. So the bishop's office was like a revolving door. I went several times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And my boyfriend eventually sent him on a mission. Mm. Right. He shouldn't have gone. He he was not worthy. Quotation marks. Yeah. He was not worthy, but anyways, he went on a mission and left me, and so I tried to be, but I didn't, so so I didn't have any friends. It was, my boyfriend was my life. Uh-huh. You can relate. You oh, did yeah. the same thing. Uh-huh. So after he went on his mission, I found another boy that I knew in high school who had been super kind and super nice, and we started dating, and I thought it would just be casual, but there was like some serious chemistry. Mm-hmm. Really, really liked him. He was not active in the church. And so I was trying to like drag him along. Um, oh, to get, get him active, yeah. right? Because that's what good Mormon girls do. Right. He was you, Mormon, but he was, his family was inactive. Right. Yeah. Um, anyways, we ended up sleeping together after like a year. Okay, it wasn't a year. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> you don't have to justify anything. It was 18. <laughs> Went to the bishop and this part stinks oh. because... The bishop told me I couldn't take the sacrament for six weeks, and I had to show up every week in order to read. And so every week he looked for me, and I sat there and didn't take the sacrament, and everyone looked at me, and I heard public shaming. I heard moms talking about me in the church hallways. Oh, my God. Did you see she didn't take the sacrament? But I showed up every six weeks and did it. It was terrible. We ended up getting married, not in the temple. Huge public shame, right? My family was so upset, and <clears throat> I spent the next 20 years trying to fix it. Fix it. Like trying to make up for right. this mistake. I'm, like, I'm using air quotes. I want to put... I want to put the pretty picture together, the Mormon picture, right? So I got us to the temple. We went to church. We did all the things. We baptized our kids. Ended up having five kids because I felt pressured to have more kids. I am not equipped to have that many children. I don't like it. You like being a mother. It's been, I mean, you're, you you like it. It's amazing. You're amazing at it. I don't like it. I have to try. It's not something, my maternal thing. I don't like having, I love my children. as a woman girl, you're supposed to have as many kids as possible. Right. Yes. So there's definitely that pressure to where you don't really get a choice. You didn't feel like you could do what you wanted to do. And of course, nobody's going to say, I hate my kids and I wish I never had them, but right. you would have chosen something different. Absolutely. If, if I'd had, had the choice. Choices. Yeah. Yeah. And some of my older kids now are like, I don't want to have kids. And I'm like, you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to have kids. Maybe you'll change your mind, but you don't have to. So um, we were trying to be put on the perfect picture of a good Mormon family, holding the callings, going to church. Then my son, when 14, started dealing with depression, cutting suicide attempts and didn't want to go to church didn't believe in it at all and that blew up my that blew up my world yeah because now i couldn't my family wasn't going to be forever anymore i couldn't pretend i couldn't make the pretty picture anymore um and so that's when i started abusing xanax 
lots and lots of Xanax and tried to take my life with Xanax and vodka one night, wrote my husband a letter saying bye and I'm so sorry. (laughs) And then was really surprised when I woke up the next day. So that was, and I was doing it all by myself. Nobody knew. How, how long was that going on? And did it start gradual and start getting worse over a period of time? Yes. It was a good like 12, 13 months. Okay. Started gradually. I started doctor shopping to get Xanax prescriptions. Yeah, I was gonna say. I found doctors that would give me huge prescriptions of Xanax. Really? So it was, I found it yeah, to be I easy. That was such a uh, controlled It's a controlled substance. substance, yeah. But you were getting it. You were getting I could find it. And I, yeah, I knew how to, what to say to get Stop that. Stockpiling it. Yeah. Okay. And I wasn't really abusing alcohol, but I knew that if I put vodka and Xanax together, it, it would be a, a really good, good yes, to just stop my respiratory. So I'd stop breathing. Oh, God. So, so, so you were trying to, you, I was trying that to was die. was your suicide attempt. Yes. You didn't, you didn't drink vodka with the Xanax all the time. No. That no. was kind of a, oh. But I knew that that would do it. So I took a handful, I mean, a, oh. a handful of Xanax, washed it down with a vodka and I couldn't believe I woke up the next morning and I carried on like everything was fine, mm. but I knew I needed help. So I reached out for help, started mm. in intensive outpatient therapy. Well, your husband recognized it. And was the one that was, like, so supportive right. and picked up. Absolutely. Like, right? he like, knew that I was abusing Xanax. He just didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. And he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. Because if he would have come to me and said, you need to cool it with the Xanax or whatever, I would have told him to go to hell. I was yeah, not in a good pissed. place to right. accept that. So You would have been defensive. Like, don't tell me what to do. Right. Exactly. Right. But he put me in, helped me get into the outpatient therapy. I went every day for two out, three hours um, for three months. And that completely changed my life. I think everyone needs therapy. Yeah. You know, you're loving therapy. Oh, yeah. Um, that gave me some tools. And that's when I started really deep diving back into my childhood and why I reacted the way I did. And I started studying the church history. And yeah. all it took was a little peek at the CES letter. Mm-hmm. And I'd already doubted. Like, how yeah. how was it that you and I were so lucky to be born into the only true church? <laughs> and it's less than 1% of the world population. Uh-huh. And we're the only ones in the temple. Oh, I yeah. mean, we could yeah. we could unpack for and days. And we are going to get into all the individual issues. But I think it's really interesting to talk about how, and I think we should do a whole episode about this, about the addiction mm-hmm. and and because um, how many how you turn to substances? To yes, like, how many mothers are oh self medicating? So many, so many. But we don't talk about it because it's the mm-hmm. shame, the shame, the guilt, the fear, that cycle. Yeah, it's very hidden, and it's, yes. it's very prevalent in, in Mormon communities. Uh-huh, so, absolutely. Um, I know lots of mothers who are um, abusing Adderall. Okay, yeah. And yeah. it's like it's like speed. It's Gives like, you boost, right? Yeah, yes. It, and it makes you lose weight, and it makes mm-hmm. you have tons of energy and all this stuff. It sounds really good. Yeah, I'd it like does to sound try. good. <laughs> I never have, but I'd like to. <laughs> Can't get my hands on. Well, some that's like some of the other ones I started opening up with you, and then you and I yes. slowly started kind of deconstructing. Well, do you think like your therapy made you stop and recognize that maybe there were some unhealthy things that you absolutely up with, right? like? Don't air your dirty laundry. Yeah, keep, keep everything tucked away, yeah. nice and, and private. That did kind of make you start looking at the church as part of the Yes, problem, I'm like, right? where did I learn, how have I learned to cope like this? And that's what brought me back to yeah. 
the way I was brought up. I had a lovely childhood. I, yeah. I had, it was great, but the, the toxic things you're taught in church to be perfect. Yeah. It's flat out to and be to perfect. Keep secrets. Absolutely keep secrets. So. Okay. So then you go through your therapy and mm-hmm. by the time you were done with therapy, were you like totally deep I had, to the church no. or you still had a long run? I had okay. a one foot out the door okay. and I was starting to talk to my husband about it. And we were starting to really have an open conversation. He was never totally invested. He was doing it because he's like, well, this is a good place to raise kids. Mm-hmm. He'd never had like a testimony, but he, he held big callings. He did. Just, you know, he did all of the things. Yeah, he went out. he the high priest group leader? Yeah. High At one point, high, executive secretary. You... He was the executive secretary oh, executive at the secretary? time. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but he, he was happy to step away with yeah. me. It was not that big a deal. And I thought it would be Yeah. Uh, at, at first. Well, at first he thought, this is a phase. I don't, I don't believe you. Like he's, he's waiting for me to say, just kidding. <laughs> and I wasn't going to, my family's the same way, but we, we, it was easy because COVID hit and then we couldn't go to church. Yeah. So it was super easy. We had some conversations with our kids. If you want to go to church, you can, we're not, but we want you to have choices. Yeah. We want you to really do what you want to do, which I never felt. When you're born into a high-demand religion, there's no choices. This is what yeah. we do. Yeah. And you're never given that. Like, you're supposed to pray to get a testimony. Mm-hmm. So I, I tried all those things, reading the scriptures and praying. But because I wasn't getting the answer that this is true, the true church and stuff, I thought, I'm doing something wrong. Guilt, yeah. shame, fear. There's something wrong with you, not the church. Right, right. right. Why is this not? And I would look in sacrament meetings. I would look at the congregation and see all these good people around me and think, it must be me because these are good, smart people. Uh-huh. But that's the indoctrination. So yeah. So we kind of just stepped away, met with our bishop. Um, he actually called us in to give us callings. Mm-hmm. But before that, he asked us where our testimonies were. Mm-hmm. And I told him. Yeah. And bless his heart, he's a brand new bishop, super nice guy. But he, yeah, he he, he showed us the Michael McLean when he was lost for ten years oh, video. Oh no! Yeah, I've I seen don't know that. if you've seen. Yeah, oh, I've seen it. And I'm like, it's too late. It's I'm too late. gone, dude. Yeah. I'm gone. Michael he asked, McLean was different. Well, you know what's interesting <laughs> is he asked, "Well, how's your marriage?" Yeah. Like that's any of his damn business. Yeah. We we never met him before. He's making an assumption. That if you're not in the church, your marriage is falling apart. Right, right? because that, and that's another thing growing up. If you yeah. leave the church, you you're get, divorced. get divorced. If your spouse leaves the church, and, you know, I watched your husband leave the church and how yes. you struggled with that years totally. before. Yep. And he didn't catch on fire. Yeah. And the building didn't fall down on top of him. <laughs> so that kind of was like, okay, yeah. I'm watching this. And yeah. your marriage stayed intact. Yeah. So I, I was so glad to do it with you to kind of walk through because once we really were out yeah then it was so easy that much in depth about our doubts or our questions right maybe like little tiny you were dropping little hints and yeah but then once we both figured out that we both read the cds letter we were like they're like why didn't you send me that why didn't you ask me about that i'm like how could i you i was later yeah i'm like how could i send that to you i don't know it's just i didn't want to i know rock the boat i didn't want to because we're so close yeah i mean we talk every day nearly every day yeah and like you know where all the bodies are buried yeah (laughs) yes so it was hard to keep that from you but i was keeping it from everyone yeah 
So, but it's been yeah. super fun to deconstruct with you. Yes. And do an experiment with alcohol, and it's just been fun to and just deconstruct with my husband too. It's like yeah. a We're midlife crisis so together. I know. We're both so lucky because we both have our husbands yes. and each other. Yes. And we've been able to do it all together. Yeah, it's like a it's like a new relationship. And do in we some share ways. how our husbands are? Sure. Okay. So our husbands are brothers. Our husbands are brothers. Okay yeah. Okay. We're sister-in-laws so, for over 25 five years? years. Close. Yeah. 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 So we've known each other 26, 27 years. Yeah. And I would say we've been best friends at least probably the last 10 or 15 At least. Years. At least a decade plus. Yeah. 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 And, and we do talk almost every day. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of that, our bond is from a shared mother-in-law. Yeah. Who is crazy. <laughs> Which we have to do a whole episode on. I'm sure no one else struggles with that. I'm sure we're the only ones that have a crazy mother. Kind of a, yeah, that's a good word. Crazy's good. I can think of but some other. Crazy too. So she's just at a different. Well, level. are we crazy or is she crazy? Someone. I mean, we're not saying she's special, <laughs> but it's just the two brothers. Yeah. And the mom. And we're a huge disappointment. Yes. Yes, we. <laughs> to the mom. Which is almost verbatim yeah. what she said. <laughs> Goodness. But it's fine. It's good. So yeah. Okay. So that brings us to your to to uh, modern per, present day. Present modern. day. Yes. <laughs> present day. Modern day pioneers. <clears throat> Lazing my way out of the Mormon Church. <laughs> uh, okay. So I will introduce myself. So I um, a lot is the same as you. Um, I mean, even the missionaries. We sent yes. missionaries. We had serious missionaries. We sent out. I mean, we have so many things in common. And that was traumatic. Oh, abandonment issues. Abandonment huge. issues forever. So, so yeah, I grew up in a very orthodox family, huge family, nine Big. kids in my family. One of the main differences is that my parents hated each other. Right. Could not figure out why they were even married. How they ever got mm-hmm. married, it's just like blew my mind because they hated each other. Yeah. I never saw affection. I never saw kind words. I, just, I never saw laughing. You thought that was marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw... I never saw any connection, yeah. laughing, talk, even talking, just having a conversation. Holding hands, oh, any kind no. of, never. Never, never. Yeah, so we would go to church and everything was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and my mom held all the big callings. My dad, not as much, but he did. He was just a very quiet person. He wasn't like a typical leader like yeah. my mom always seemed to be. So it seemed like everywhere we moved, she got put in the Relief Society presidency, mm-hmm. the Young Women's presidency, the Primary presidency. She she did everything. That even, was her personality. Society. Yeah, she was she's super person. outgoing. She, yeah, she's super outgoing. And she has a big personality. Very big. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she's a great leader. So mm-hmm. she, she did that really well. Yeah. She was always, and, and she had tons of friends and everyone loved her. And so she was very all in on the church. And, you know, now that I'm older, I recognize that she just wasn't happy with her life. Mm-hmm. She did all the things mm-hmm. that she was supposed to do and it didn't make her happy. Right. And so she's like, what, why am I not happy? Yeah. So I grew up that way. I was a very like obedient child. I never wanted to ruffle feathers right. or like cause any issues. And I was sort of in the middle, but like on the top end of the middle, cause there's nine of us. There's like a million yeah. children. So but many. so I always wanted to be like, I was a people pleaser. Right. I always wanted to like be perfect and not make my mom or dad mad. And, um, so I always did the right thing. And I also believed in the church. Like I never had any doubts. I never had any questions. I was all in 
which is embarrassing to say now because no, it's I just not. I that's just all you knees. knew. I know, and I thought it was a gift. Yes, like I actually thought it was you one need... of my spiritual gifts. Okay, that yes. I was such a strong believer that I just trusted and had so much faith. Right. <laughs> um, I never questioned. So yeah, so I wanted to do the exact you know prescribed thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do all the right things, and so even from a young age, I wanted to serve a mission. And I wanted to teach the gospel and I wanted to bring other people. So, um, but like you, I dated a guy for like a year, yeah, a little over a year and, and then sent him on his mission and we totally thought we were going to get married. I mean, we talked about all the things and we tried very hard to be good and it was a revolving door at the bishop's office and we were constantly trying to repent and feeling guilty for all the things. I'm so mad when I think about that. Oh, it makes me so mad too. It's so... What a joke. What a joke, right? <laughs> we felt so guilty about just being regular Natural teenagers. behavior. Yeah. Everyone has those feelings. Yeah. It's so stupid to yeah. villainize those. I don't know. Oh, and, completely. And then what that does to us after oh, we're married, whatever. Us it's like a whole nother... to do with sex. Right. We're going to have to have a whole episode Oh, the sex that. thing, yeah. Yeah, so um, he went on his mission, total abandonment <laughs> issues from then on out. Like, I was a mess. I was a, It was a total disaster. So, oh, let's see, I would have been 19. And at that time, they went on missions at 19. Yes. I couldn't go on my mission until 21. Right, women had to wait. Yeah, and so, and I, I was a little bit older than him, actually. So, it, it the timing worked out that I would leave on my mission like six months before he got home. Mm-hmm. Well, what I didn't plan on is meeting somebody while he was gone. <laughs> And then totally falling in love with somebody else and then being like, okay, well, I still have to go on my mission. Right. This isn't the plan. This is the plan. Right. we got to check this off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, again, with this new person, revolving door at the bishop's office, and we had so many terrible experiences. Like, like bishops asking very specific, weird questions. It, like about like weird stuff that I'd never heard of. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Because we were we were so sheltered. Have you done this, and I'm like, no. See, what I'm, I'm grateful I, I never so got that. I was very naive. Yeah. But like, yeah, they would ask like the most intrusive questions. Right. I mean, we still we still talk about it and laugh about it. Like, I can't believe like, and I can't believe we thought that was normal and it well, was okay. It was and okay. We felt like we had to answer these questions. Right. Yes, like he deserves to, to, you have to answer whatever he asks because he's got, he's the man in charge of you. There's a man in charge of you. Yeah. So we really, but we really did try, like we, we never had sex, but you know, and we tried, but it was very difficult. Well, obviously it was very difficult. I mean, going back, how miserable. I know. Like this is a person you're in a relationship with that you love. You should be able to show it. You're like it's not like you're a kid. You're of age. No, yeah. It's just it's just normal yeah. to want to express your love with someone you love. It's yeah. so stupid. That messed me up bad. Yeah. The, but you did it. You guys, you guys did not have sex. No, we did not have sex. And I went on my mission. Yes. Which, which then in turn, I turned around and, and gave the trauma, the the abandonment issues right. to, to this no, new to boyfriend. Him. Yes. Yeah got out on my mission I had some really great experiences on my mission I don't regret my mission but I was shocked at how hard it was yeah like incredibly hard incredibly difficult incredibly kind of soul crushing a little yeah. bit and well, a lot of rejection right oh yeah. isn't oh it yeah. just rejection all day long mm-hmm. and definitely like you have you have to basically lose your identity your mm-hmm. personality your 
your individual traits. You mm-hmm. have to like, you become a robot. You mm-hmm. become like you conform. Very, it's really weird how missions, when you get on your mission, everyone talks the same. Mm-hmm. They talk, like they dress the same, very specific cadence, like in general mm-hmm. conference, how all the general authorities talk the same. It's the same on your mission. Mm-hmm. Like I got there and it's like, why are all these people like talking like that? And then you start doing it too, because mm-hmm. you're just part of, you just join. You're the trying team. to fit in the box. Yeah. It's so bizarre. It's kind of cult-like. Oh, cult. You think? Cult. Yeah. You think? Yeah. It's very much like that. So went on my mission, only lasted about five months mm-hmm. before I was like, I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't imagine that. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you express that? How do you say, I'm, I gotta go home? You know, what's funny is I used my boyfriend at home as an out because before I left, they were like, you know, maybe you should get married. Like, like the leadership, like my bishops. Right. Because you're a girl. Yeah. They're like, you know, you don't have to go on a mission. You can get married. (laughs) I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Because you're a girl. You should get married and have babies right away. Yes. And I was kind of pissed off at the, at the time of him like being like, why don't you guys just get married? Because we kept having to go in and confess about messing up. Right. He's like, you guys should just get married. I'm like, no, I'm going on a mission. This is the plan. I'm already doing this. So, um, so then I was like, well, this sucks. I want to go home and get married now. (laughs) (laughs) Tried it. Not for me. Yeah. I think I definitely, um, use that kind of as an out. Mm -hmm. Like I know that I can go home and get married and it won't be looked down upon. So I kept like having these thoughts of like, maybe, you know, I wonder if he still wants to marry me. I wonder if we could, you know, do this. So I went and talked to my mission president because I felt guilty mm-hmm. about having those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, dude, I'm really, I probably didn't call him dude, but <laughs> brother, president, dude, president, dude, president, dude. Um, I am really struggling to keep my mind on my mission. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking about my boyfriend at home and how much I want to marry him. And I thought that I was going to get this giant lecture and he was going to be like, keep your mind on your mission, sister. Right. You got to finish this. All the things. And no, he didn't. Mm-hmm. He said, well, does he want to marry you too? And I said, I mean, I think so. I, have, I haven't talked to him in a while. <laughs> Been on my mission. This was before you could talk to your mission. Right. This is. your family every week. Um, this is back in Letters the only. Just writing. Yes. Yeah. We hadn't talked at all. And um, he's like, well, maybe give him a call. And see if he wants to marry you too. And if he does, then I'll have a plane ticket for you tomorrow. Okay. This is crazy. Right. Because if this was a, a boy coming in and saying, oh. I want to go home and get married, it, that would not have been the response. So, yeah. it's, I mean, the patriarchy is a whole nother yeah. evil thing that is, yes. is showing itself right here. Right. Well, you should go home and get married then because yeah. that's and what I girls are shocked. supposed to do. I didn't expect that yeah. response. I really didn't. I was shocked. But I was also so happy. Relieved, I'm sure. So relieved. So happy. So yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch more to that. But I essentially, I came home. We got married 35 days after uh-huh. I got home. Yep. In, In the, the temple. temple. <laughs> <laughs> In the temple. And we made it just barely by the skin of our teeth. We probably weren't really as worthy as I think we probably should have. Been. I imagine so, most couples are that way. Yeah. And and we and we felt guilt for years. Oh, I I can't Z-Z-Z-Z. even. Yeah. Years. Mm-hmm. You're punishing yourself over Punish. and over and over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that messed us up. It really did. So yeah, so I feel like my introduction is going on way too long. So I like it though. It's good. Okay. No, don't hurry. So, just let's just keep going. <laughs> so we have four kids and 
I, I stayed at home for a little while. I worked from home. I kind of went back and forth. But I, I've kind of worked and stayed at home. But, but you're, really being a mom was your, oh, it was yeah. your priority. It was your yeah, number one priority. Being a mom was definitely a priority. And, and I do love being a mom. And I think I would have, yeah. I, I don't think I would have done something different there. But I definitely used, because my husband probably didn't want four kids. Well, for sure he didn't. Well, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally had to convince him. Yeah. Like, it took a lot of work. But we had four kids. Our oldest son at around 13, 14 started really struggling with the church and started fighting us on going. Like he just did not want to go. Mom, I don't want to go. Well, and he, he, he was having deep like thoughts. Like Oh, yeah. But he, he wasn't sharing a lot. Uh, he wasn't sharing at that time. No. Okay. At that time, he was just like, I don't think this, you know, I, I don't want to go to church. It was just, I don't want to go. Right. I don't want to go. Yeah. And we knew... We had a feeling that like his friends were influencing him, right? And Satan's got a hold him of him. Bad things, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I was digging in my heels mm-hmm. and I was dragging him to church. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Gotta keep the I picture." I don't care how you feel, right? When you live with us, you go to church. That's what you do. Because that's what the church tells you right? to do. You get those kids to church. Yeah, yeah. you gotta so, save them. I know. You gotta right? get to the celestial kingdom. <clears throat> yep. And I remember thinking, I wish I could just pour out some of my testimony into my son so that he could feel what I feel. Mm-hmm. And then he would get it and he right. would he would be on board. Yeah. So, yeah, we want to fix that. it. Yeah. Mothers, we want to fix we it. We want to fix it. Because there really is this pressure for our kids to follow the path, right? Like, yes. we have to make sure that they're doing mm-hmm. all the things. Otherwise, we look bad. You look bad. Or, and I don't even think I cared that much about my you know, my reputation about how I looked, but I genuinely thought that I was a failure mm-hmm. if he didn't. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, we battled that for a year or two and it really crushed our relationship. Mm-hmm. Like he hated us. We were, we were like, okay, well, if you don't go to church, we're taking away your phone or mm-hmm. we're taking away your this or we're, or we're grounding you or we're doing that, you know, all kinds of like punishments. And it was like, we were like, putting the the ropes around him tighter and mm-hmm. tighter and tighter to try to control him. Right. And it got worse and worse and worse. The more we... The more you pushed, the, the more, more he pushed, pushed back. Oh, my gosh. He could not have... He mm-hmm. did not want to be controlled. And he that was just his personality. Yeah. He was always that way. Even from the time he was a toddler. Right. He was... He, he is my difficult child. <laughs> he <laughs> knew what him. he wanted. Love him, but he has to do things. He has his, his own, own ideas. His, yeah. Yes, his own way. Yeah, he I can relate to that. Not be forced to do anything. So yeah. So eventually, I kind of had this epiphany of like, well, I'm either going to have a child who goes to church every week and hates me, or I'm going to have a child who I allow to do what he wants to do, and we might be able to have a relationship. Right. And so at that time. You know, my husband and I, we talked a lot about it and, and it was, it was causing a rift in our marriage. Absolutely. It was such a mess. Like the whole, and I was resentful of him. Like mm-hmm. you're ruining the spirit in our home. You're ruining everything. Yes. This oh. child. Went right through that with my son yeah, too. Yeah, with your son yeah. too. So we finally decided, okay, we're letting him, we're letting him make his choice. Mm-hmm. And it was like, once we said, okay, you don't have to go to church. He never went to church again. Right. You know? And I, I accepted it, but I definitely let him know that I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't right. fully let it go. Sure. I was definitely still making him. Well, you know, you're hoping that comments. eventually he'll come back. Yeah. Like, oh, eventually yeah. you can fix this. <clears throat> right now you're just a, you're having a little break. Uh-huh. You can fix this. Maybe oh, yeah. he'll see the light on his own and come back. Totally. Yeah. 
100 percent mm-hmm. you never think you never like actually let go of no. your anti- your expectation it's just of another form back. of control yeah for by sure. stepping back a little bit yeah then yeah. you're like maybe you'll see the light right. and come back on your own yes and i'll just be a really good example to you <laughs> Of how you should live. But our kids are it, our kids are smart. They're not dummies. Our kids are smart. Yeah. And I only realized later that he knew a lot more than we knew he knew. He had researched, right? Like he he had, had looked the into church. the church history. Yes. Yeah. And he knew all the things and he didn't share it with me because he knew mm-hmm. and he's no dummy. You weren't there. He knew that I wouldn't you have been able even. to accept it. Right. Yeah. So then, I don't know, a few years later, I lose track of how many years went by. But a couple years later, then my husband tells me I don't have a testimony Mm -hmm. and I never have. And I've just been going along, doing all the things, hoping that eventually it would click. He's like, I've done everything. And now at this point, I'm kind of just pissed off Mm -hmm. that God isn't answering my prayers. I'm not feeling the spirit. I'm not getting a testimony. Which I I was surprised because... You know, I, I knew that he wasn't in it like I was in it. Right. I knew that he was, he didn't love church like I But to professed. say I've never had a testimony. That's, yeah. To say he had never had a testimony. That's got to be devastating. He served a mission. Yeah. He, and he had big callings too. Mm-hmm. He always served, he was in the bishopric, uh, well, I, sh- I guess executive secretary. Whatever, yeah. That's technically in the bishopric, but he did that probably three different times. In our marriage, he was in the young men's presidency. He was in the elders quorum presidency. So he he told me he didn't believe. I just begged and pleaded to just not give up. Yeah, I you said, agonized over oh, that. I it was terrible. Yep. I just said, I please do not give up. Please keep praying. Keep reading the scriptures. I'm going to help you. Yeah. You're going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. Yeah. I'm going to have enough of a testimony that it will make up for his life. Right. You're going to drag him to the celestial kingdom. <laughs> Kicking and screaming. Kicking and screaming. <laughs> it's going to happen. You'll fix totally. him. You'll totally. fix this. Totally. So. How, how'd that work out? Shortly after that. Yeah. I know. Shortly after that. It, well, it was probably like a year of that kind of, you know, trying, like having conversations, but him not being open with. Um, like the church leaders and stuff about it. Right. Like struggling. And then he gets called in and gets called in the elders quorum presidency. Mm -hmm. And he was like, what am I going to say? You know, he knew a big calling was coming because the stake has to meet. I just have, where's the discernment from these people that are calling him? (laughs) I know, right? Like they're supposed to be inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Their only discernment was, Hey, this guy always says he'll do whatever we ask. <laughs> Say yes, and he's available. Yeah, he's available. He's a warm body. He always says yes, and he did. He <laughs> yes. always said yes, and he always served faithfully, but he, yeah, no discernment. So the state calls us in, and we didn't know what it was going to be for, but of course, the state doesn't call you in unless it's a big thing, and so he's like, what do I do? And I said, you got to tell him the truth. Right. Tell him how you feel, and then you have to decide. If you're willing to take the calling, even without believing, that's fine, but you need to tell him the truth. Yeah, absolutely. So that's exactly what he did. That's brave. Yeah. I think I that is really brave. Was great. And the state president was shocked. Yeah. He had been our previous bishop. Great guy. Really So close he knew him. you guys. He knew us really well. It wasn't just some random state president. He knew us. He had been our bishop. So he was fantastic, but he was shocked. He was just like, wow, I didn't know that you were struggling. So he said, he told him, he said, I'm willing to serve, but you need to know that I don't have a testimony. Wow. So the state president said, okay, well, I'm going to get back with your bishop and we'll decide if we do for sure want you to serve and we'll get back with you. Next day, he calls back. Yeah, we still want you to serve. Of course. Because you're still a warm body. Because you're a warm body and you're breathing and yeah. you said yes. Yeah. yeah. 
So he was a little, my husband was a little sad about that. He wanted them to say, we don't want you. Yes. <laughs> but he really still, I mean, he, he still felt all the pressure to say yes. Mm-hmm. So he, he still served. He was in the elders. He did a whole year in the elders quorum presidency. And I, I think we must've talked about that. I think he said, I'll do a year and then we'll see. Yeah. And so after the year mark, he's like, nope. I don't know how working, he did that. Not working. I'm out. So yeah, he went back in and said, Hey, I just, I can't do this anyways. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So he got released and never went back to church. Mm-hmm. So that started, you know, us, like me really struggling. You like, were digging in now, right? Oh yeah. I was digging in. I was, I was, I was trying to save my whole family. Right. Yes, you were. Yeah. I'm like, everybody's, all my family's dropping off and I've got to fix it all. Mm-hmm. So I was being ultra, ultra righteous and Wanting to go to the temple all the time. Mm-hmm. I remember. And I turned into the ward project. Like the people, the person that people felt sorry for, mm-hmm. right? Because my husband said, I don't want to be a project. Please do not send people to my house. Please do not try to reactivate me. Like I do not want to be a project. Right. So they turned their efforts on me. <laughs> and every time I'd go to church, people would come up to be to me and do the head the head tilt the head tilt how are you the pity look how are you doing you're sympathy. so brave you come here you are. every week yes. all by yourself dude i spent every sunday crying it was the worst <laughs> everybody made me cry everybody made me feel like i was i don't know broken and doing something wrong maybe something not good enough like, it's like, it's like I had, you know, cancer on my face mm-hmm. and they'd see me and they'd immediately feel sorry for me. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants people to feel sorry for them. Right. Nobody wants Especially them. week after week after it's week. It's terrible. Yes. Yeah. So I'm dragging my other three kids to church every week and being... By yourself. By myself. <laughs> and I'm watching these other families. I, I remember very specifically certain Sundays where... There was this family in my ward. They were young. They just had little kids. Mm-hmm. And the husband, and they would all wear matching clothes. Oh, that, that Mormon matching, family. Yes. They had the matching <laughs> clothes. And they had three little tiny baby kids. And they would come to church, and they'd all sit together, and they looked perfectly happy. And I would just bawl. Mm-hmm. I would look at them, and I would just bawl. Mm-hmm. It just made me feel broken. Like, I'm not doing it right. I'm completely failing Here's my family, you know, my daughter's one foot out. Right. My oldest daughter yeah. was one foot out. I, I knew it. I could feel it. I could sense it. I just knew it. Um, but she was like me, mm-hmm. a people pleaser, and just trying to do all the things. Go through right. the motions. She would go through the motions, and I could feel, I could feel it from her. Mm-hmm. She was not in it. So, okay, this is going so long. I'm so sorry. You're okay. No, you're good. This so is your then, story. Then my second daughter in May of 2019 came out to me as gay. That was hard. That was hard for you because you didn't see it coming. Yeah. That just like blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Never saw that coming. Never saw any. Yeah. I just didn't. I had no idea. And I did not react well. I, I mean, I probably didn't react as terrible as some people do. Well, hindsight, you maybe would have done things different, but I don't think it it wasn't terrible. I mean, I didn't reject her and kick her out. Right. Yeah. But I definitely, um, I questioned her. I was like, are you sure? I don't think you really are. You know, I, I definitely was like trying to talk her out of it. Yeah. Like, trying to talk so her young, out of it. You don't really know, do you? I mean, you've just been hanging around other gay kids. So you think you're one of them. Right. <laughs> yeah, I totally, I tried to talk her out of it. And, she, and, and so she said she was bisexual. 
So I said, oh, great. Well, then you can just choose a man. <laughs> this is no problem. <laughs> this makes it so much easier. <laughs> no problem. You just have to choose the right. Um, and she was invested in the church. She really was. Yep. Yeah. She was fully in, not like my other daughter who mm-hmm. was one foot out. She was fully in, had a full testimony, very, very spiritual child, always was, mm-hmm. always wanted to be, yeah, super, I don't know, super well, she wanted super a, She wanted a close relationship with God. Yes. And she's naturally just very empathetic and kind to people. Mm-hmm. It's. It's, it's, it's just her nature. It's, yeah, that's just who she is. Yeah. I think she always had a very spiritual nature. So so that kind of started really my world blowing up. And I started, um, I came around. So my initial reaction was not great. But I started just like voraciously studying everything I could. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to learn more about what it means to be in the LGBTQ community. And how that affects their lives. And how the the church is with them, you know? And so I read books, I listened to podcasts. I was just, and very faithful, only faithful stuff. Right. Like, because I was like having so much cognitive dissonance about Mm -hmm. how the church teaches us to feel about gay people. Mm -hmm. And that did not line up with how I felt about my daughter. But just, was your shelf starting to get full? Oh yes. Oh yes. And Mm -hmm. and the gay thing was just overloading it. And I could look at my daughter and say, there is absolutely nothing wrong with her. And she's not wanting to sin. She's a good person. I had this idea that that gay people just wanted to be gay Mm -hmm. and that they wanted to sin. Well, it's a trial. We're taught that it's a trial they have to overcome. Overcome, yes. Which is ridiculous. You being you is not a trial that you have to overcome. It's not a weakness. No. Yeah, so I that was really just messing with me because I'm looking at my daughter saying she is so great and mm-hmm. perfect and wonderful and good intentions and good to right. her absolute core. There's no part of her that wants to sin, mm-hmm. quote unquote. So yeah, so that caused a whole thing. So I probably you know over the next over the next nine months or so, I yeah my testimony was very very shaken. It started to get. I fragile. Was, I was becoming very nuanced. And yes. here's here's how I felt. I felt like the church is wrong about some things. They've made some mistakes, but it's still the true gospel. Mm-hmm. It's still Christ's church. It's the gospel is real. The culture is not. Right. The, yes. It's all the culture, the Utah culture, and mm-hmm. you're gonna stay in it yes, to and help. try to fix it to from the inside. It. Yeah, I felt I started thinking, I'm just a progressive Mormon. Yes. I am going to, I'm going to be an ally in the church. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to be vocal. I'm going to help other people who are gay. I'm going to make them feel like this is okay. Right. We still love You're them. You're going to challenge this the system, <laughs> yes. hopefully make some good changes. Yes. Still be part of it. Yes. That yeah. was totally where I was. Yeah. For, yeah, the next nine months, I was just trying to find all the ways to be a really good righteous Mormon, but also maybe stir the pot just right. a little bit to make people think yeah. and make people come around. Be an advocate. Advocate for these kids who are really struggling. Because my daughter was struggling. Ooh. She was. She suffered from depression. Like you oh. just, she really struggled for yeah. like a year, right? Yes, yes. And that was actually before she came out. Yes, so yes. You knew something was I wrong. Knew something was wrong. She was really struggling. She was like spending all day, every day in her room. She was very, you know, just like withdrawn. Reserved, not telling me withdrawn. Yeah, that's the word. 
Um, so once she came out, it actually started to turn around and she started to, and I, and when I started to come around and be more affirming and loving and, Mm -hmm. and I, I did eventually get it right where I was like, honey, you are, there is nothing wrong with you. You are exactly perfect. That's all that matters. And I just want you to be you and I want you to be happy. What's sad is the stats in Utah for LGBTQ. 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 No. Teens, the suicide rate is ridiculously high. It's ridiculous. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's high in Utah across the board, but it's higher for LGBTQ youth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there is no question in my mind that the church is what contributes to that. Absolutely. Or any religion. All religions. Well, maybe not all religions, but a lot of religions a lot of them. contribute to shame and guilt around sexuality but we're, mormonism is the Mormonism's. main religion here in utah yeah yeah it's so a big thing there's no way there's not a correlation between yeah. the number of you suicides. can't deny it yeah mm-hmm. and and i was very aware of that mm-hmm. and like there's no way i'm losing my child over this mm-hmm. she will not feel worthless well do you shame. do you think the church kind of puts the pressure on to choose your child oh absolutely or the church yeah so if you have a gay child you need to decide. Yeah. You have to pick. And I, I thought in the beginning that I could choose both. Right. I thought that I could do both. I thought that you I tried. could be in the church and love my child. But when I really learned the damage mm-hmm. that the church does and continues to do and has done in such insidious, mm-hmm. like calculated ways, I could not. Because my support of the church is a direct contradiction to loving my mm-hmm. child is what I realized over time. It was like, that's such a contradiction. I can't. Well, the church is trying to have it both ways. They're yes. trying to say, we will love mm-hmm. the sinner and hate the sin. I hate that saying. I hate that saying. The church so is much. trying to have both and mm-hmm. they can't. They say you the can't. right things sometimes. Mm-hmm. They say, we love you. We want you to be a part of us. But their actions are so opposite, Mm -hmm. you know, excluding them in every possible way they Mm -hmm. can. Absolutely. So, yeah, I just recognized that I could not be in both places. So that was really the main thing. And I, um, I learned about the church's money Mm -hmm. and we're going to have to do a whole podcast on that. Oh, the money, the the tithing, the money. I just can't. And so, so my money was going to fight Mm -hmm. against gay rights. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. So I think that in connection with the pandemic and at that same time I read Untamed, probably March, April-ish. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It's fantastic. It was life-changing. Yeah. Literally life-changing. I feel like it all happened in like one giant moment of clarity Mm -hmm. where I was like, I don't have to do this anymore. I you can choose. I can choose. You get to choose. And I'm going to choose me and my family and not an organization that's hurting us. Mm-hmm. So so I did that and and then I read the CES letter. So I knew the CES letter existed. Right. And I purposefully avoided it until I was like I've made my decision. So maybe the CES letter will just validate that decision. And I did, and it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I read that, and it was just like, holy shit. Yeah. The I CES learned... letter, there's also the, a letter to my wife. Yes. Which is very powerful. Yes. Very yeah. powerful. 
And it just gave me the permission because mm-hmm. I knew it. I knew the church was not healthy and that it was hurting me and that we needed to step away. But I didn't know the church was an absolute fraud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I had little inklings of issues. I mean, I read Rust on Rolling mm-hmm. and I read all the issues with Joseph Smith, but I still defended him to a certain degree. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, Joseph Smith had all these faults and he had problems, but he was still, he was still the prophet and God needed him and God worked through him to, we still had to restore the church. You know, anyway, blah, blah. And, and we can get into all of the history of the church. Right. I'm sure we I mean, when you dig into Joseph Smith, oh. it's just disgusting. It's the absolute rabbit hole of rabbit holes. Oh my gosh. He's a, he's, yeah, he's yeah. a sick, sick, it's, it's but smart, smart, smart man. He set this conniving, all up. Yes. Conniving con man. Yeah. So reading the CES letter just validated yeah. all the feelings I was having of, of, that kind of maybe put it to bed, right? You're like, I, oh, this yeah. is it. Totally. Put I'm it to done. Bed. Yeah. yeah. And I literally, I called my bishop. This was during, this is when church was not happening. Yeah. We were having um, sacrament at home and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Right. I called my bishop. I said, I got to come meet with you. He's like, okay, great. You know, I, cause I, and I remember we were wearing masks, you know, the whole yeah. thing and bumping elbows instead of shaking hands. It was just this really bizarre thing. And I went in there and I just, I said, I'm out. And and initially I said, I'm not, I don't want to tell you all the things I've learned because I don't want to hurt your testimony, but I'm out. And he's like, no, don't worry about it. Tell me, tell me. And so it just, I just vomited. I vomited everything out for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. I told him everything I'd learned. He asked. He asked. <laughs> and you know what? He's a friend. Yeah. He, he was a friend. He wasn't a brand new bishop. He'd been there for a while. We'd been good friends. Yeah. And I just said, I want no contact no, like if you want to be my friend and you want to call me or text me as a friend, as a friend. that's fine. I do not want any official church contact. I do not want visiting teachers. Don't make or me a project. Sisters or whatever. Yeah. I want nothing. And I said, I'm going to let my kids choose mm-hmm. how much or little contact they want with the church. But that's where I stand. At the time, I still thought if my kids still want to go to church, it's fine. I feel differently now. Yeah. Because now I feel I have to protect them from the From church. that, yes. Because yeah. it's, it's. And I kind of, I think I, I'm more willing to let my kids make their choices because I know where they're at. Yes. Like, I, yes. I'm like, you can choose, but make these choices based on, I want you to really be educated. Well, let's, let's, yeah, let's know everything. Let's keep open, di- open dialogue. Yeah. And I trust them. Yes. I trust them. But if I ever saw them maybe reactivating or mm-hmm. I think we'd have some conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So all of your kids kind of left with you or yeah my oldest was away at college and she was relieved she was like thank god i don't Mm -hmm. want to fake this anymore Mm -hmm. i've been doing this for you guys she's such a people pleaser surprising to you because you thought she was fully in right and then she was able to come out to us and say hey i might like girls and yeah Based on your experience yeah. with and how you had wished it had gone differently, yeah. I was able to have a really good conversation with her. Yeah. I don't know it would have gone that way had you not shared your experience with me. Yeah. So, and then my three smaller children, they enjoy the activities of like yeah. young women's, young men's. They don't always go, but if it's something fun they want to go, that's great. Yeah. So, like Why didn't their friend your youngest group. daughter went to girls camp, right? She went to girls camp, had a great time. But it's also isn't your sister the youngest? It's tricky president? because my sister is young women's president. We're in the same ward. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, so it's tricky. But yeah. Uh, my and, other sister's Relief Society president and her ward. Oh my gosh. So I don't think I knew that. 
Oh. And then, you know. Because your mom used to be the Relief Society president. She's been at several times. Several times, yeah. So yeah. that's, and then my brother and his wife are very active. Yeah. She's in Relief Society <clears throat> presidency. He's oh, holding a calling. Yeah. Very active. And I'm, yeah, the odd man out. Yeah. I'm the black sheep. Yeah, you're the only black sheep in your family. Right. So in my family, of the nine kids in my family, there is only two that are still in the church. Of nine, yeah. Of nine. Uh, I mean, one well, passed away. Right. So of eight, there are six out and two in. And um, uh, both of my parents are still very much in. Mm-hmm. They're divorced now. I don't think I said that. But, you know, they hated each other. Right. They stayed married for 31 years and finally divorced. My dad's remarried. My mom has stayed single. Um, my mom got back from a mission about a year ago. She went on a mission. She's retired now, traveling. Yeah. But when I told my kids that we were out and that I would allow them to choose, my oldest daughter, who had been one foot out, was so relieved. Yes. Like, there was actually, like, a visual, like, looking at her, I saw this giant weight lift mm-hmm. off of her. It was incredible. Yeah. Now you can let her be. And how does your relationship change after that? Oh, way better. Like you think you have good relationships with your kids, but when you allow them to actually be who they want to be, they don't have to fake it anymore. And talk about all the things that in in the church you can't talk about. Yes, yes, yes. Things got better in my, like we just felt closer as a family. We were actually spending time together with each other on Sundays. Yeah. Actually enjoying that time together, yeah. not forced um, family home evening and forced... yeah, we're not rushing off to meetings and be- mm-hmm. spending all this these hours at, at church and mm-hmm. so we would go and do stuff together. Yeah, and yeah, we we would sleep in and yeah. make breakfast together and it's Watch just, movies just and... we'd go shopping on Sunday <laughs> and that takes work. The first like the first time I wore a tank top, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's so hard when you've gone your whole life saying that is evil. Porn shoulders are oh, are yeah. not okay. All of that stuff. Oh, yeah. So we've kind of branched out as a family. Yes. And grown closer because yeah. of it. Same with us. Same with us. Yeah. It's been so good. Yeah. And I think my my daughter who came out as gay, she took the longest. My youngest isn't even baptized. She, uh, right. When we left, she was turning eight that year. And she's like, no, nope, I don't want to. I yeah. don't care. I don't, you know, she was totally fine. But yeah, um, my middle daughter, she had, she stayed the longest. But when she started doing her own research, she realized. She was out quick. Yeah, it didn't take her that long. Because she had it, like, enrolled out. in seminary and then mm-hmm. unenrolled mm-hmm. in seminary. Yes. yes. Yeah, I think she went to, like, one day of seminary her junior year. And then she's like, nope. Not for me. not for me Good anymore. for her. She, and I think the biggest thing for her was the money, too. Where, yeah. how the church was spending their money to fight against gay rights. Yeah. And it, it's huge. It's everywhere. You can see it. You know, yeah. if you look into it, members of the church don't know how mm-hmm. much the church is literally throwing money at legislation. They are going to their lawyers extreme lengths. Oh, extreme lengths to shut it down. Yeah, mm-hmm. to shut down gay marriage, to shut down um, equality, equal rights mm-hmm. for gay people in the workplace, and in, it's very sad. Yeah, yeah. it's bad. So. We probably, I mean, we've been going over an hour, I think. So we should probably, uh, we should probably end this. But I, I think that's a pretty good introduction yeah, to who we I are. Did, yeah, and it's just started. Yeah, we have lots of topics we want to cover. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna do a ten-part series, and so I hope you'll come back and listen to more episodes. Hopefully, yeah, we come back. Super boring. <laughs> I don't think we're boring. I think we're pretty entertaining. I think we're adorable. I think we are adorable. <laughs> we're fun. You guys will really like us. 
Um, so I, I don't know how to end things. Just to say, uh, we'll see you next time, yeah. I guess. Yeah, see you next time. <laughs>